Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap. This will be the Week 16 DFS Walkthrough and Breakdown Pod. Uh, please, if you like the podcast, give us a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts. Uh, didn't I don't think we got any last week, which is which is shitty. So please go and give the podcast a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts if you want us to continue with them. Starting after this week, we'll start having prospect um, prospect breakdowns and everything, getting ready for the Senior Bowl, a bunch of awesome content. And if you want it to stay up here on the Apple Podcast feed, please. Go in there, give us a rating and a review. If you want to support the podcast, the best way to do so is by getting a pro membership at rosterwatch.com where all of the tools that I'll be referencing here are available to you. Um, Snap counts, touches, and targets, the matchup tool, the hyper DFS lineup generator, the DFS cheat sheets, just a whole ton of stuff. And then during the offseason, all the exclusive draft content that is just for our pro members. So I'm going to pull up Rosterwatch right now, pull up some injury reports right now. As usual, um, yeah, we'll just we'll go through it and we'll see what the what the hell happens on this very professional podcast. Again, my name is Alex Dunlap. Please find us on Twitter at RosterWatch and support us by subscribing, rating, and reviewing here in Apple Podcasts. All right, so let's see. We'll start out and we'll just go here with the. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars at the Atlanta Falcons. Jacksonville with a 20-point implied team total. The Atlanta Falcons with a 27-and-a-half-point implied team total. Let me get my screen off of these degenerate NCAA games that I'm picking the the uh, bowl games with and into the NFL section. And we'll just take a look here. We have... Um, so, you know, we have the total here, clearly. So uh, it's right at 47, 47 and a half. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars as seven and a half point underdogs. 56% of the tickets are on the Falcons, along with 60% of the money. We have 75% of the tickets on the over. 99% of the money is on the over in this matchup. Whew. So, again, you don't come here for gambling picks, but if you want to know what the sharp players are doing, Clearly, <laughs> a lot of them are uh, betting this one to be to go over. So uh, if you want to tail the sharps and, and follow the money on that, uh, I would suggest betting the over on this one if you can still get it at 47, 47 and a half. As far as the um, matchups here and, and what the matchups look like, let me just pull, let's pull up the matchup tool and just look. So Atlanta... Jacksonville is the number 12 matchup for opposing quarterbacks, the number two matchup for opposing running backs, the number 19 matchup for opposing wide receivers, the number 10 matchup for opposing tight ends. On the Atlanta side, Austin Hooper on DraftKings is just too cheap at 4,400. I, I, dude, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not sure who else I'd really be interested in playing on DraftKings besides Hooper. I mean, if we're just looking at it from a, a pure opportunity standpoint. It's a good matchup. It's a it's the number ten matchup for opposing wide receivers. I want to look and see what the snap counts were for him coming back here last week. So we got the Falcons uh, last week. Austin Hooper, eighty two percent of snaps, six targets. Um, I th- was last week his first week back, or was that week fourteen? No, week 14, 65% in six targets. So his snap counts are now trending back up to that 80% mark, and they're going to stay high. I mean, no Calvin Ridley. We we know that 
it's going to be probably Russell Gage and this one doofus uh, Christian Blake that are going to get a bunch of run there in the in the uh, three wide receiver sets along with Julio. And to be honest, I think they need to get Christian Blake out of there more often. Uh, it just uh, it seems like the, he he had two bad holding penalties last week. They they had good plays called back because of it. It just doesn't really look like things are going to fire for that guy. And I just I look I just wonder here. You know who can I play besides? Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Austin Hooper, and Devontae Freeman. Those are the three plays on the Atlanta side you like. The reason you like Devontae is because we've been targeting Jacksonville with opposing runners this whole time. I know it was a kind of a letdown game last week uh, at San Francisco for Devontae Freeman, but, I mean, that was to be expected. It, it, that's a really tough matchup uh, to go to San Francisco. Now they get to come back home, um, you know, coming off a, you know, a, a really awesome, you know, big win uh, there in San Fran with Julio Jones just coming through at the end to crush some people's season-long fantasy dreams and make other fantasy dreams happen, I guess, for his owners. Um, but you know, Freeman's had 79% of snaps. He's, he's getting absolutely all the work right now. And this Jacksonville Jaguars defense has allowed over seven yards per carry to opposing runners over the last, what, five weeks? So, I mean... Uh, yeah, it's, Devontae Freeman's an awesome play. He's he's fairly cheap. Um, Julio, of course, is going to be in play. It's just, I mean, Michael Tom. It's just if you look here, Michael Thomas, on, at least on DraftKings, is ninety three hundred. Julio saves you a good amount of money way down here at eight k. Both of these players are probably going to be about twenty five percent owned. I don't know how many people are going to be able to get both of them because it's like this week. It's it's tough this week because we. We have one, basically, eh, two, if you consider Austin Hooper, that are kind of like free square-ish. And the, the other one will be DeAndre Washington, who we'll talk about you know, for, for cash games. And I think maybe he's kind of hard to get away from in tournaments because there's not a pivot like there was last week, like we talked about off the cheap kind of chalk guy, which last week was Patrick Laird. And we talked on this podcast a lot about you know Kenyon Drake being a good pivot. And um, hopefully... Hopefully some of you, you know, got to make some money off of that. I know that I played Kenyon Drake in cash, and I played him in my main tournament lineup. Um, so, oh, and I, and I played him in that lineup in my fucking four-man with the uh, with the guys from the Blitz show on Roto Grinders where I had to start Andy Dalton. And despite having to start Andy Dalton, Chris Conley and, and Kenyon Drake, man, those late surges took me to the very top of the four-man. So, Ended up going from the very bottom rung to the to the very top of the mountain in just one week. This week we got to stick our producer Simon with the bad quarterback. So we'll see if he can, he can get off the map. Uh, on the Jacksonville side, if we just look at the matchup tool, I think that's a good thing to do. So Atlanta's the number. Um, it's interesting. I think that I think that that the uh, Falcons have been have been decent as far as giving up rushing to opposing quarterbacks. And that's what makes it sort of a top 10 matchup for opposing quarterbacks, but kind of a middling matchup for opposing wide receivers. Definitely not the best one for opposing running backs this year, which is really interesting. And this thing's schedule adjusted and it has a trailing average only over the course of the last eight weeks. And I don't know why, but the matchup tool has this as the number 23 matchup of the week for opposing runners. I don't care. I'm going to keep playing Leonard Fournette. I think he's fine this week. I'm not sure if, you know, with some of the pricing that we have underneath him, I mean, guys like Melvin Gordon, guys like Joe Mixon, as I look here, um, 
you know, even Mark, Mark Ingram is cheaper than he is. Miles Sanders, you know, is right in that same wheelhouse. So I don't think that Leonard Fournette's going to be too popular, but certainly there's not too many players that get the same amount of volume that Leonard Fournette gets. It's just, it's just, it's a, it's a volume play for sure. I mean, you're looking at 24.57 opportunities per game. He's getting 6.7 targets per game, 5.2 receptions per game. In a PPR set of 17.5 fantasy points per game, I think in DraftKings he's more like 18.3 because of the times that the 3.0 yard bonus has kicked in. What is he? What is he average on on DK? Yeah, 18.3. So always in play. DJ Chark will be coming back this week uh, as well. It, it's a good matchup versus the um, or a, a decent matchup versus it, it, Atlanta's been a little bit better on on defense, man. This is a good matchup for opposing tight ends. It's a good matchup for running quarterbacks. None of that's really happening here. Leonard Fournette trumps it with volume. DJ Chark, I, I, I'm not sure I'm going to want to play DJ Chark coming off a high ankle sprain uh, if he does go this week. If he doesn't go this week, clearly we still have the value there with the D.D. Westbrooks, the Chris Conleys, the Keelan Coles. Uh, I, I don't know if there's a – I don't think there's a playable tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So – um, that's the way that I would go here for this one as I'm trying to keep an eye on the NFL games and my alma mater, Westlake High School, playing in the state champion. This, this fucking podcast was a tough one to put out today. I had to get the matchup tool out. I had to do the Roto Grinder show. I'm watching the Texans and the Bucks and fucking like I, w- I was thinking about just not doing the pod. And then Will uh, Fuller got hurt and just put a knife through all of my <laughs> three game slate lineups. So I said, fuck it. That's a sign to not be lazy and get this podcast done. Uh, hopefully we'll get it done here before the uh, New England-Buffalo game, which hopefully not too much happens there. If I can salvage some kind of min cash, getting a 3.8-pointer from Will Fuller. Let's see. Back to the uh, Baltimore-Cleveland. So Baltimore, whew, implied team total of 29.75. Cleveland with an implied team total of 19.75. Uh, so what we have there, it's a 49-point total. Baltimore's 10-point favorites, 84% of the tickets on the Ravens, 84% of the money on the Ravens, and 57% of the tickets on the under, 52% of the money on the under. And the Cleveland Browns are a shitty team with a shitty coach that's completely given up. And Freddie Kitchens should probably be fired. Uh, all of his players want to leave. Jarvis Landry, it's now being reported, in addition to Odell Beckham, is going to need some sort of offseason surgery for some bullshit he's been dealing with. Nick Chubb it stays harder and harder to trust with knowing that any point in the game, I mean, I, I know the attempts, you know, 16, 15, 17 over the course of the last three games. That's not quite as good as it was to start. 17, 18, 23, 20, 16, 20, 20, 20. And then 20 in week 10, 27 in week 11. And then since then, 16, 15, 17. The targets aren't there. He's not getting the same, uh, he's not getting the same volume of touches in the red zone. I know he did have the touchdown last week. He did have the three receptions last week. But look, to these idiots on Twitter that said to us in week 10 that it's inevitable that Kareem Hunt's going to bite into some of Nick Chubb's work who took the, took the victory lap. After the you know after the um, after the fact that he did get he did get the twenty four touches in week ten, and then he did have the big game predictably versus Miami, you know to you donkeys on, on Twitter I just say fuck off like like 
just because you own this player in your league doesn't mean that you can't, you know, it doesn't mean you 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 have to hate on the on the perfectly well founded and correct analysis of anybody trying to forewarn you about what could be coming down the pike. But I mean, Chubb, he's going to be three percent owned. You could probably play him. Last time he played Baltimore, he had a big game versus Baltimore, right? Uh, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ! And a one hundred and sixty-five yard, three touchdown mega throbber um, for forty-two point three points. The first time these teams faced. This is a completely different Baltimore defense, though. The Baltimore offense looking. Oh, and I I left out Jarvis and Odell Beckham just because I like. To me, I'm, I mean, I'm just I'm, – I'm, I'm hands off of those dudes. Um, with the – can you even – I mean, Njoku or like – I mean, I just – I don't really know. On the Baltimore side, it's real, it's same as ever. You could play Lamar Jackson. You can play Mark Andrews. You can play Marquise Brown. It's like Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews at least are both healthy. We're not having to wait for like a game-time decision on either of these assholes. So – I think it's fine, to, you know. Um, I'm not sure with Lamar you really need to because, like we always talk about, with these quarterbacks, they can rush and they can do so much with their legs. You don't always need to stack them. And it's a kind of an expensive stack, especially if you're going to get Andrews in and forego the opportunity to um, to get Austin Hooper at 4400 or to maybe pivot to a similarly priced play like Jacob Hollister, who's in a great spot at home versus the Arizona Cardinals that have been an absolute sieve to opposing tight ends. But here's the problem. I mean, if you want to play Lamar Jackson, let's just, I mean, let me just see. You want, look, he's, he's 8K. And you want to play Michael Thomas. And you want to play Christian McCaffrey. That leaves you all of $3,700 for all of your remaining players. So you have $3,700 per player to choose between a running back, a wide receiver, another wide receiver, a tight end a flex in a defense. You're not going to get it done. You're going to have a shitty lineup. So you're going to have to fade one of the best players in fantasy at their position this week. And it's up to you to decide which which one. To me, it seems like quarterback is probably where I can make up the most ground with some of these cheaper players. For that reason, I'm not sure how much Lamar Jackson I'm going to have, which is scary. I'm also I'm also in the championship of every major league that I play in or like major home league, my my two oldest season long leagues with the guys from Roster Watch and then my um my main dynasty league, my oldest dynasty league in the championship in all three, which is sick. Do you know what's even worse? I'm going against Lamar Jackson in all fucking three of them. So, maybe fading him in D maybe I shouldn't fade him in DFS. So I you know, if he hurts me badly, I I can win at least somewhere. Um, all right. Uh, so Carolina, Indy, Carolina, it looks like this, what, a, a 47.5 total in this game. Carolina, a 20.5 implied team total. The Indianapolis Colts, a 27 point implied team. That's a nice, healthy implied team total for the Indianapolis Colts there of nearly four touchdowns. And you got to figure, man, we talked about it last week. It's the same case this week. The Carolina Panthers, number one matchup for opposing running backs. And Marlon Mack is a home favorite against these turds. I, I mean, I think he's, what, 6,100 on DK? And he's not going to catch any footballs. Let me see about the – we'll see here. He's 60 – is he 6,100 on DraftKings? Where is he? Did Byron move this dude way down? No. Okay, so, yeah, so 6,200 on DK – uh, 7,300 on FanDuel, so 
he's literally the same price on those two sites if we're just judging it based on um, the percentage of, of salary cap allotted to him. Marlon Mack is getting 19 opportunities per game. Now he's only averaging one reception per game, but uh, he's pretty efficient at least whenever he does get thrown. The f- I mean, he's only averaging 1.17 targets per game and one reception per game. So uh, he's a guy you can obviously go to. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, we're going to have him back this week. I mean, if you're gonna if you're interested in this one, um, there are definitely stacking options here. You know, you can play on one side. Um, you know, you can play Christian McCaffrey. You can play. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the, the Panthers in a second because people are actually going to play Will Greer, and I'm not sure if it's a good move. I I I have been. We'll talk about them in a second. But first, the first the Colts. I like playing the Colts defense against Will Greer and playing Marlon Mack because he's not going to be highly owned. He'll be sub 10% owned. That's a great correlation play right there. And I'm just not sure how sold I am on any of these other, you know, any of these other options here on the other side. I'm even looking at T.Y. Hilton. His first is our number 10 matchup of the week. He's a little bit better of a deal over there on FanDuel at 7,300. He's plus 135 to score in this one. And if you look at just this, some of the numbers, just the efficiency numbers within the own team, it's like 35% target market share, uh, 25% air yards market share, 62% weighted opportunity. Those are all good. It's the average depth of target, which is down this year at, um, at 10.12, and also a pretty middling 1.79 yards per route run. Right? I mean, right? He's only getting you about, what, 13.5 points per week in, in, in PPR during the, during the weeks that he's played this year. And I think it has to do a lot with, with Jacoby Brissett regressing. But, I mean, he's a big play waiting to happen. You're buying semi-low on him at this point. And he's at a price point on DraftKings where li- I'd, I don't think anybody's going to play him because he costs 100 more than Keenan Allen, who everybody's really hot on this week. So... I think T.Y. Hilton's an interesting tournament play. If you want to stack up this game, it's got a decent total. Um, but uh, like the other options, I'm just I'm not interested in like Zach Pascal. He's too fucking Zach Pascal 6100. That is just that is egregious that he costs more than DK Metcalf and Tyler Boyd and some of these other guys we'll talk about. Uh, okay, so the Carolina side, Will Greer. Uh, look, I I thought Will Greer in college was good. I liked watching him play. I liked the connection he had with Gary Jennings and with David Sills. And, you know, he was in that Dana Holgerson offense, man. He's one of these young kind of not not necessarily air raid quarterbacks, but air raid, air raid family, kissing cousins, man. He's one of these guys. And the analytics Twitter, they all loved him, right? That Like guys like uh, – Josh Hermsmeyer, I remember we got into a, uh, just not a really a, not a spat or anything, but just a, a, just a discussion uh, earlier in the uh, draft process before the draft about why we thought Will Greer sucked. He's, you know, was like, well, we fucking travel around to see this asshole a lot. Like we saw him in his workouts. We saw him at the senior bowl. We saw him at the combine. Like he, he had a bad process. He didn't look good. He, he looked, he looked inaccurate. He was, he was inconsistent. That continued in the preseason where he was just dreadfully bad. And now we've seen Carolina, once they realized Kyle Allen wasn't the answer, they probably could have gone to Will Greer sooner, right? It, it, it ended like he's been hurt. 
For them to take this long to finally pull the trigger on Will Greer makes me think that he's probably not not exactly lighting up practice and turning all kinds of heads. So I know I've said on this podcast and I've said on the radio show before and everything that I had similar concerns about Drew Locke and Drew Locke you know, came in immediately and he'd been kind of fine for fantasy. Tough week last week uh, versus KC, understandably. But when we got to see him in his first game versus, oh shit, I forget who it was, someone bad. Then we saw him go to Houston and have a decent enough game, right? Maybe Will Greer comes in and they just don't have the tape on him and there's some kind of lightning in a bottle he can catch. He certainly has good players around him. He's only 4,300. So, my guy Derek, Car- I mean, Cardi's going to play Will Greer in cash. He's excited about it. I asked Cardi if he ever seen him play, and he said no. <laughs> you know, but he's just for him, he just looks at the numbers, and that, you know, that's that. And I'm just not sure I think it's a good play. Um, but, you know, if he can get you, if he can get you 12, 15 points or something like that, it kind of does open up the world. I mean, Jesus Christ, you're spending $4,700 less than Lamar Jackson. And now I, I just use Lamar Jackson and Will Greer in the same you know, sentence or the shit, same paragraph, which shouldn't ever happen. But within the context of the slate, I guess I can see why it makes sense. If you're going to play him, I mean, definitely play him with McCaffrey or stack this game or you know, do, do what you can. It'd be an interesting one to stack. I'm not sure many people will be doing it. It's DJ Moore. It's Curtis Samuel. Greg Olson looks like he'll be back. Is Greg Olson back? He looks like he'll be back this week. So uh, 100% of the shine has been taken off of that Ian Thomas play. Let me just make sure Greg Olson's back. Yeah, it looks like he's back. No injury designation on the NFL's official injury report, which is usually, usually shit. So, yeah, I mean, it's DJ Moore. It's Christian McCaffrey. If you want to play Will Greer, it, it's like, look, man, like – I played Andy Dalton. I, I was forced to play Andy Dalton last night in our four-man for, for over on the Blitz show and podcast on Roto Grinders. Whenever I finished last the week before, and I, I like I beat everybody because it opened up enough salary to where I could, I could get in the players I wanted, and I lived with a, a seven or eight pointer out of Andy Dalton last week. I mean, you could you could conceivably, if you don't want to, if you don't want to. Put too many of your eggs in that basket. I mean, DJ Moore is the fifth most expensive wide receiver on DraftKings this week. 6900 So if you don't necessarily want your quarterback wide receiver stack to cost you a total of, what, $11,300? Then it's... It's conceivable just to roll, roll Will Greer out naked. And just see what you get out of him. And just say, look, I'm not expecting a big game from him. I'm not expecting a ceiling from him. The reason I'm using him is to get access to ceilings at all of the other spots. And if I'm not expecting a ceiling game from him, it means I don't need to stack him with somebody like a DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel. I just can't believe we're talking about Will fucking Greer. But, I mean, Cardi, I mean, he made a valid case. He made a valid case. And I've learned that, you know... Believe it or not, man, Cardi's fucking sharp, dude. Uh, Cincinnati at Miami. Cincinnati, a 23.5 point implied team total here. Miami, a 22 point implied team total. 
when we look at this game and how the action is kind of in on this one, we have uh, so the over under is what uh, 45.5 or so, 46. We have 52% of the tickets on the over and 66% of the money on the over. Miami is a one point to one and a half point underdog. Uh, we have 65% of the tickets on the Dolphins, 71% of the money on the Dolphins. This is a revenge game for Ryan Fitzpatrick, and looks like it'll be a rain game. Uh, if I look at Kevin Ross' injury report over on Roto Grinders, he says showers are likely all day, meaning there's a very good chance this game plays wet. It's a bit on the breezy side, too. I'd expect sustained winds around 15 miles per hour with gusts in the 25 to 30 mile per hour range. I'm putting it at orange for the rain-wind combo. So when he puts it at orange, that's like, he has them like yellow, orange, and or green, yellow, orange, and red. So orange is the second worst. I generally don't give a shit about NFL weather. And usually when we hear about these goddamn monsoons, especially down... There we go, Ronald Jones. Get something going for me, man. I need to fucking make up for these Will Fuller points. Um... When we hear about these monsoons down in Miami, you turn on the games and you're, you're tilted beyond belief to see, you know, the sun shining and the birds chirping and, you know, you know, just the sun gleaming in Ryan Fitzpatrick's eyes. <laughs> but, I, I mean, if it is, if we do have gusts 25 to 30, uh, sustained winds at 15 and it plays wet, it could probably downgrade Devontae Parker, who our models did like a whole lot this week. Um... He's been Devontae Parker's just been really, really good. I believe we didn't. Yeah, we were able to get a prop on him. Four and a half receptions, seventy-one point five yard uh, over under for his prop, plus one thirty-five to score. I, I, you know, I think he's. I told you I liked him last week. I do like him this week, but weather might kind of take me off, especially some of the pivots, sort of right there in his price range. And some of these guys that I like a little bit farther down. Um, Patrick Laird is the same price again this week. What a troll it would be for everybody. He was so popular last week. What a troll job it would be for him to have his big game this week in a great matchup uh, at home versus the the shitty Bengals. I, if you're way down there and you need somebody and you you know you don't trust old man Adrian Peterson or you don't want to you don't want to get weird with uh, you know I don't know. Well, who else could you even play around here? You carry on Johnson or something like that. It, like if it, I think Patrick Laird, it could be interesting. I don't think I'm going to play him, but I couldn't fault you for doing it. And I think Ryan Fitzpatrick himself. This is yeah. This is this is technically revenge. I think he played for the Bengals um, at some point. On the on the other side of this one, the Bengals. I I think Joe Mixon is going to be one of the most popular plays on this whole entire slate. He's just getting such good volume. Uh, they're using him like a true workhorse back. I mean, the last two games, he's gotten 23 and 25 touches, respectively. Uh, 25, or 25, 23 and 25 attempts. Both of those games, too, he's gotten he actually gotten at least three targets in each of the last three games. Um, so, and at least three receptions in each of the last three games. So, the last three games is 17 pointer or 36. 30.6 pointer and a 21.6 pointer. I'm going against Joe Mixon in one of my season long leagues this week in a league where I believe my opponent is going to captain him, which means he's going to select Joe Mixon to get double the fantasy points. And I'm, I'm, I'm dreading it. I'm really like, 
I'm tilted about it, and I'm um, I, I almost don't want to play him in DFS because I don't you know that's a big that's a big money league, and it's an important league for me, and I don't want to be have divergent rooting interests. For those reasons, in week 16, I mean, I have three championship games this week. I'm not playing as much DFS, but I, I, I don't know, man. Like, Joe Mixon's awfully, awfully hard to turn your nose up at here in this spot. And then Tyler Boyd, of course, is just way too cheap. Um, Alex Erickson, 3,300, probably interesting enough. And John Ross, if you think that this is the week where he can kind of get up off the mat and um, – get some actual playing time, then, I, I, you know, who could ever fault you for going with John Ross? He's just, he's a one big play waiting to happen. Just the, the, the wind and the rain make me think that things could maybe be uh, a little bit, maybe a little bit better as far as that. It's just, it's, you know, you want him to be in a, you know, a nice clean field, a, a field where it's, um, you know, you don't want anything, you know, gross and, and swampy and, and sweaty, like the, like the feeling that you get uh, in your balls uh, whenever they're not groomed correctly. And it's important to, rem- to, rem- to remind you guys the support for the Roster Watch podcast comes from Manscaped, who's best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Let me tell you what you get. So Manscaped sent me this order uh, you know, a few weeks ago. I had, I had never Manscaped before. And if, you'd never, if you've never Manscaped before, which basically means shaving the pubic hair off around your uh, genitals and your, and your greasy, nasty uh, um, bean pouch, your uh, scrotal area, I can't tell you guys how nice and smooth uh, it feels. I mean, this is this is jingle balls to the walls, fellas. You got to listen up here because the untrimmed pubes they need to be a thing of the past. You you feel uh, powdery and soft down there whenever you can because here's the thing. It, they have the um they have the uh the whole package that you can get. It's the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. This is the kind of thing that you can get for the holiday season and give yourself the gift of the nice, nice, fresh, just beautiful, shiny balls. <laughs> it's the it's the um, it's the Lawnmower 2.0. It has proprietary advanced skin safe technology, so the trimmer is not going to nick your nuts. It won't snag your nuts. That's the issue with it, right? Like you don't if if you have ever tried to shave your balls with a regular um, like a regular razor, good luck. You're gonna fucking cut, you're gonna cut yourself in the nuts, and that's why I'd never really wanted to do it. This thing gets a precision trim. You can do it like on the top. If you don't want to like take off all the hair on the very top, you can put on the little guards. They give you these. Um, it comes in your package. It, like you get these little pieces of like uh, newspaper stuff to stand on, so it doesn't make a mess at all. And after you're done with it, like you can take the um, so you can take the take the guard off and you can get like around your nuts and around like the areas on your top of your legs and kind of back behind your balls with this thing. It's so wild. It's like it it doesn't hurt you. I think it's physically incapable of of hurting you. And it's just another reason why you would never want to use the same trimmer you use on your face that you use on your balls. For one, that's disgusting. For two, it's just it's 
the product, it, it, it isn't the same. It's not guaranteed to where it's not going to hurt you like this. So whenever we talk about our balls being so sweaty and disgusting, stinky, just nasty, just, uh, just a, a big, hairy fucking beanbag, women don't like that shit. And what I've been, what I've liked the most is, so once you get it so clean, you can use this shit called the, 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 the crop reviver. And the crop reviver, the crop preserver, you just rub them on your balls, man. They get them, like I said, dude, shiny, uh, uh, very, uh, uh, I don't know, just, uh, you know, fleshy and vibrant. Like Byron says, man, you can, you can bounce a, you can bounce a, bounce a half dollar off these hush puppies and they smell nice. Your wife's going to love it. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to totally enjoy it. The perfect package. It'll also come with a Manscaped boxer briefs. that will keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those. It, like, look, it's time to, for those of you who haven't started manscaping, I hadn't done either. It's just time for the upgrade. 85% of women think bad grooming is a major turnoff. That's from Dr. Drew. 80% of women of uh, women think that men should manscape below the belt. That's from an independent study via Manscaped. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to their professional success. That is from Business Wire. So look, man, it's the lawnmower 2.0. Go get it. The battery life's improved from 15 minutes on one charge to 60 minutes on one charge. It includes a rechargeable battery. You can use it in the shower. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code ROSTERWATCH at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Again, 20% off and free shipping with code ROSTERWATCH at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code ROSTERWATCH. Join the other dudes like me, like Byron. I, the trash man hasn't joined us because he's a disgusting piece of shit. So don't be like the trash man. Be like me and Byron. Join us. Help yourself with Manscaped with this special offer just for our listeners. Use promo code ROSTERWATCH and get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using promo code ROSTERWATCH. Okay, let's get back to the uh, games here. We just talked about Cincy, Miami. Let's get to Pittsburgh at the New York Jets. We have Pittsburgh with a 20-point implied team total here. The New York Jets with a 17-point implied team total. Um, so a 37 total there in this game. We have 79% of the tickets on the under along with 92% of the money. So a public pick here for the under, and the Sharps are right there with them. You know what? I don't like a goddamn play in this whole game except the Pittsburgh defense. Some people are going to want to play Le'Veon Bell in a revenge game. Not, not me. I think Pittsburgh might just get revenge on his ass. I'm moving on. Uh, the New Orleans Saints and the Tennessee Titans. The Saints, a 26.5 point implied team total. The Tennessee Titans, a 24 point implied team total. This is going to be an interesting game because do you believe that Drew Brees outdoors, like those splits, are going to affect him this year? Uh, Evan Silva pointed out in his matchups column this week that Drew Brees has truly only played one game this season. Uh, outdoors. I wonder what game that was. I never looked that. I've probably what was it Tampa Bay. Let's see. So at yeah at, at Tampa Bay, not a bad game in that one. I mean he had he had uh, 228 yards, three touchdowns, a 124 passer rating. Got you 21 fantasy points. Uh, this game's not quite as good a matchup, but Tennessee's not the worst matchup. 
And even though they'll be getting a Dory Jackson back, they're still a little bit banged up uh, there on the defense. So I don't know. And I, I think with the, with the injuries that the Saints have on their side of the football that we'll talk about when we talk about the Titans, this is a game that could shoot out. You just worry a little bit about Drew outdoors, and, you know, getting a little bit older in his career. Like I said, man, it's, it's hard to believe. It was 23 years ago that we played for the state championship in, in high school. I was only reminded of that because I had to write a write a selection for the kids that are the Westlake High School kids that are playing in the state championship right now that I'm neglecting to watch because I want to get this podcast to you. Please rate and review the fucking podcast and Apple Podcasts. But at the very top, I said, man, it's been 23 years since these old men fucking won the state championships. Crazy. Drew Brees has been playing for a long time, and I've specifically noticed he's lost some zip on the football. So if the outdoor splits were something before, maybe there's something now. But, I mean, well, I mean, how, how scared do you really get about a dude throwing the football to Michael Thomas? Michael Thomas has a 7.96 average depth of target this season. So it isn't like he's, you know... It isn't like he's, he, he's you're having to push the football down the field to get to him. And no matter who the corner is, it doesn't matter for Michael Thomas. I think this is the kind of game that could stay, you know, relatively relatively high scoring and relatively competitive. So I, I'm I'm not necessarily off of Drew. Byron loves Drew, and our models actually like to Drew a little bit this week. So I think we can play him. I'm just not – if I'm getting up to Lamar Jackson and I'm spinning up at quarterback, I'm getting up to Lamar Jackson. If I'm not, I'm paying down. I don't know exactly who yet. I, fuck, I hope it's not Will Greer in cash. But it's, it's – for me, it's Michael Thomas. It's Drew Brees. Can you go back to Alvin Kamara? He's kind of cheap. I, I think he's a better, de- better deal over on FanDuel. Let's see. Alvin Kamara. Oh, Yeah. He's, he's cheaper on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings. He's 3% cheaper as far as well, – he's actually cheaper just in – he's 7,500 on, on DK, which has a 50K salary cap. He's only 7,200 on FanDuel, which has a, a 60K salary cap. So, I mean, Alvin Kamara is still getting – you know, still averaging six receptions per game uh, this season. And if they, they have trouble against that Tennessee front, you could definitely see him getting involved that way. He can't keep just missing these touchdowns. Uh, still hasn't gotten a touchdown since week three. That has to, that, you know, like we talked about with Fournette earlier, it's like that, that kind of thing. It seems like it can't keep up. We're at the end of the season, so it's regression time needs to come soon. I don't think many people are going to be on Alvin Kamara. I think he's a fine play. I'm not sure I can play Tannehill. He's gotten too expensive. A.J. Brown seems like he's gotten too expensive. Derrick Henry seems really, really expensive. All those guys would be excellent tournament plays, though. We know that every single one of them has the ability to completely go off. We know A.J. Brown's one of our favorite prospects we've ever seen at Roster Watch. Derrick Henry was when he came out. Ryan Tannehill has the second-best fantasy points per attempt uh, in football behind Lamar Jackson since taking over the starting role for the Titans, and it's not particularly even close. I mean, his closest competition are fucking Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson at .67 each, and Ryan Tannehill sitting here at .76. Will it regress? Yes. Will it be this week? I'm not sure. There... The, the, the Saints are going to be without, possibly without Marshawn Lattimore, definitely without Sheldon Rankins, definitely without Marcus Davenport along the defensive line. So the pass rush isn't going to be the, what it has been. Tannehill should have time. Derrick Henry should be a week healthier, keeping the offense sort of on schedule. So I think those guys are good tournament plays. Man, this game's got a 50.5 point you know, total. It's probably an excellent game for, for, for stacking. 
if you're not scared of Drew Brees and him turning into a pumpkin, uh, being outdoors with his uh, traditional outdoor splits, which are, which really really are miserable, uh, Michael Thomas is going to have a hard time playing him and Christian McCaffrey in, in the in the same lineup. All right, the last of the early games, the New York Giants at the Washington Redskins. Only a, a one-point spread here in this game with the Giants being favored by one with Danny Dimes returning. A 21.25 implied team total for the Giants. A 20.25 implied team total for the Washington Redskins. We have 72% of the tickets only over in this game. Only 47% of the money. Did you hear what I said? 72% of the tickets only over. Only 47% of the money. That means that the Sharps are not with the public here. That means that the, that the over is a, is a public favorite, getting zero Sharp support. That means if you want to tail the Sharps and fade the public, one of the, I'm not here to give picks. I'm here to talk fantasy. But I would say the under in this game would be a very sharp play going against the public. No Darius guys for Washington means that Adrian Peterson's probably going to be in line for his usual old man allotment of fucking 20 t- How many touches? Like, he's getting a ton of touches. Uh, he's only 5K. Uh, and an interesting play this week versus a very, very, very shitty defense. Um, yeah, I mean, last week he got 19 touches. The week before, 20 touches. So last two weeks you've been, see- you've been seeing him get a whole lot of volume since Darius Geis has gone out. Uh, this is a great matchup. I think that you could probably do worse than playing old man Adrian Peterson, although I'm not sure I'm, go- I'm going to do it. As far as the Redskins here, it's the best matchup for the opposing quarterback and the opposing wide receiver. So the number seven matchup for opposing quarterbacks, number seven matchup for opposing wide receivers are the New York Giants. I guess they've been a little bit better against the run ever since they stole uh, Big Cat, man, Leonard Williams over there from the Jets. But still a middling matchup versus the run, and with the volume that AP gets – I'm not particularly that worried about it. Um, but I think Dwayne Haskins, if you don't want to play Will Greer, but you really do want to pay down at the, uh, at the quarterback position, Dwayne Haskins is 4,700. Pairing him with Terry McLaurin feels kind of good, but Terry McLaurin just feels like he's getting a little bit expensive at 6,200. We do know, though, Sam Beal, DeAndre Baker, in the wake of uh, Janoris Jenkins leaving and joining the New Orleans Saints, it's uh, it's – like, that's, they're, they're really bad. And Haskins has been getting a little bit better. So if you're into the gross quarterbacks this week for cash, maybe Dwayne Haskins. It's, it's, a, it's a tough nut to crack this week with getting in all the players that you want. Like I said, the value really doesn't seem to exist to make it to where we're comfortable getting in the best player at each of the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver positions like I generally would like to whenever Lamar Jackson is on these main slates. Um, and the Giants side, I mean, what do you say? I mean, Saquon Barkley had the big game last week, but that was versus the Miami Dolphins. That was very predictable. This, again, is a good matchup. It's the number eight matchup of the week via the roster watch matchup tool um, for, opposing, um, for opposing running backs. And it's really not a good matchup for opposing wide receivers right now. They've had some young corners step up and are playing with the matchup tool apparently thinks is playing pretty well ranking as the seventh worst matchup of the week for opposing wide receivers. Definitely a better matchup for opposing tight ends. So you could go with Caden Smith once again. I don't know, though. I'm, I'm, I'm scared to play Sterling Shepard or Golden Tate or any of these guys. Darius Slayton. I, I just I don't, I, I don't think I'm going to do it. There are too many other guys in that range. 
that I'm interested in. All right, on to the afternoon. We'll fly through these so I can get back to watching the end of this goddamn uh, Tampa Bay game and before the New England game kicks off. So that's I'm telling you, man, what a busy fucking morning. And you know what the other thing is? My wife went and bought a car without telling me. I'm like, are you serious? You just bought you bought you bought a fucking car? She's like, well, yeah, you know, it's it's it's, it's my money. I'm like, well, we're married. It's kind of like, but I mean, we have separate checking accounts. But I was still, she was like, I was like, why, why wouldn't you tell me? I could have helped. She's like, she looked at me like, <laughs> like, she understands. Like, I'm not, I'm just gonna be a pain in the ass. I'm not gonna be helpful at all. Uh, how do we get on? Oh yeah, so like I have to do that. I gotta go check out that this this car, man. New car. Give it a fucking test drive. Um, let's see. Okay, the um, oh right, the afternoon games. Detroit at Denver. Detroit has a miserable fifteen point seven five implied team total after they have given Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn um, uh, the dreaded vote of confidence for the twenty twenty season. I have no idea why they're bringing these idiots back. Maybe they convinced ownership that the reason they have been losing is because David Blau will be the quarterback here with the 15.75 implied team total at Denver, 22.75 implied team total. David Blau in danger of possibly getting benched in this game. There have been rumors swirling about Kyle Slaughter. So he'll, he'll be off the completely off the radar. And I'm not, I mean, the only line you could even think about, maybe two, you could maybe think about playing Danny Mandola, or you could think about playing in the deepest of tournaments, maybe carry on Johnson on FanDuel, where he's 4500 men salary. Because at men's salary, these guys you're getting are generally these assholes that get like two targets and like three rushes. If carry-on goes, I think that means that Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn, they want to win some damn football games to end this season, to show the ownership. It's like, look, you did the right thing by making sure to bring us back. We don't want to go into the offseason with our tail between our legs. You know, we are a, we are a very pathetic 3-10-1 and one. It'd be nice to finish the season with you know five five ten and one. It's a great time to do it versus a rookie quarterback like Drew Locke in a five and nine Denver Broncos team. But the public's all over. I mean, the, the Broncos are seven point favorites here. The public's all over them. The the and the and the sharp money is right along there with public sentiment. So I don't know how it's how it's going to happen. Uh, I love the Denver defense here. I think Philip Lindsay's in a terrific spot versus this shitty defense. I might even, I could even stack Drew Locke with Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton's such a beast. Pro Bowl snub this week. Uh, handled it very, very gracefully on Twitter. I like Sutton this week, man. It's a bad defense that the, 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 the Detroit Lions have. Oakland Raiders, the Los Angeles Chargers. The Oakland Raiders have a 19.25 implied team total. Los Angeles Chargers have a 26.25 implied team total. Uh, the spread here in this one, so accordingly, is the um, is the Chargers by by a touchdown. Char- Chargers by seven. When we look at how the the um, how we have the the tickets versus the money. 50% of the tickets on Oakland to cover, only 37% of the money on Oakland to cover. I think that's too big a spread for this game. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know if I want to be betting on Oakland right now because that looks like a team, looks like a shitty football team. But 
boy. I mean, the Chargers look like a shitty football team, too. Uh, they got good players, though, um, in all, right? I mean, Keenan Allen getting a lot more work these last couple of weeks. If you just look at the way he's been producing, he's too cheap here on this slate, and I'm, I'm growing more and more warming up to him. I think he's going to be about 20% owned. But, I mean, just look at it going back to week 10, the last time he played Oakland, 11 targets, 8 receptions, uh, and, it's, and let's see, no touchdown in that game. Uh, versus KC, 12 targets, 8 receptions and a touchdown. At Denver, 6-6 six and six and a touchdown. At Jacksonville, 6-5. and five. So you got your 13.3 points in like a floor game over the last five, six games with that one. Last week versus Minnesota, another really bad secondary. Uh, 10 targets, 9 receptions for 99. So he's, he got you 18.9 in that one and was one yard away from getting you 22 fantasy points on DraftKings when you include the three-point bonus. The thing about these guys, though, it's always hard to peg where it's going. There's really good players. I like Keenan Allen the best, but I could never fault you for playing Mike Williams. I could never fault you for playing Austin Eckler. I could never fault you for playing Melvin Gordon, who seems like kind of the cheapest, but he fumbled twice last week, and I'm worried about that. I think Austin Eckler is kind of the sneaky play here. Nobody's going to play him. He's much more. He's like five, six hundred dollars more on DraftKings than Melvin Gordon. And maybe if there's any residual Melvin Gordon punishment for those fumbles last week, we could get Eckler against these shitty Oakland Raiders. On the um, Raiders side, it's the, I mean, it's the freest square that we've had in a long time. Is DeAndre Washington. We talk about the uh, Vegas tool up at rosterwatch.com. And I'll just tell you that it, it's one of these ones that nearly broke the Vegas tool. It's one of these ones where it's like the Vegas tool says that this is absurd. He's only 4K. He has a 79 total yard prop, and he's plus 110 to score. He has a three-and-a-half reception prop. It's, um, we're looking at it between 3.5 and 4X on a, on a median baseline for DeAndre Washington. Now he's going to be 40% owned. And so in tournaments, it'd be, it, it, you could get off him because everybody's going to have him because we're starved for value this week. And when we're starved for value and we all have to flock to the same running back in the same price range for that value and there, there aren't really any good pivots, that means we're all, we're all going to land on, on similar lineups. And when you land on these similar lineups, what happens? You know, you, you, you have trouble finding ways to differentiate yourself, which you really want to do in tournaments. One way to do it could be to play Jalen Richard at just like 3,500. You know, he's a good player. DeAndre Washington busts. I mean, it's not, it's not like Bilal Powell kind of busted a few weeks ago when it seemed like he was the epic lock, right? So it's like he's not a sure thing. He's been a, he's been a middling backup complimentary player his whole career for a reason. But for me, it's just really hard to get away from DeAndre Washington. And maybe that's just because my mind is, just works in a cash game way where I just, you know... Uh, the, the way that I've adapted my cash game mind to tournaments is like, I'll, I'll find other ways to differentiate. That's what I always tell myself. But you see, whenever I tell myself that, I leave myself with similar bills to other people just because the price range of these players that I'm going to ends up being in the same price range of these other players. And of course, we're all going to gravitate to the better plays. I think if I had the stones to do it, I'd fade DeAndre Washington in, in tournaments. I'm just, I'm not sure I got the stones. 
thanks to manscaped.com, they are, my stones are very, very powdery, dry, and clean. Go to manscaped.com, use promo code ROSTERWATCH for 20% off and free shipping. All right, two more here. Um, let's see, what do we got? What do we got? Oh, oh yeah, just the NFC East Championship. Dallas at Philly. Dallas a 24-point implied team total. Philly a 22.5-point implied team total. So uh, Dallas here getting a point and a half on the road at Philly. Everybody's hurt for Philly. We haven't got word yet today about Nelson Aguilar at this recording. I'm, I'm going under the premise that we aren't going to get him. And if we don't get him, Zach Ertz is great on the Philly side. Um, Dallas Goddard should be in play on the Philly side. And then we have the same thing as last week with Greg Ward and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Now, my plan is, oh, and then on the Dallas side, I think Zeke's a great play. Philly traditionally has a good run defense. But let me just look. I I have these memories of Zeke having good games against goddamn Philly. Well, let me just see. I'll pull up Zeke's, see if I have, can pull up one of our internal tools here and just see if I can query by the games he's played versus Philly. So Philly so far, yeah, so Philly this year in PP, let's well, do PPR setup. So versus Philly this year, a 27-pointer versus Philly in 2017, a 36.7-pointer. A 31.2-pointer versus Philly in 2017 and Week 17, a 17.1-pointer. He's had monsters versus Philly. They, they, he really has. And I, I – oh shit, I'm talking myself on to Zeke. Because we, have, we had Dak last week who's telling people in the, in the huddle he can't throw to them. He, has a, he, has a, he told Troy Aikman before the game. And I was just sitting here. I'm like, why the fuck am I hearing from Troy Aikman that – why did I hear all week after I got this game fucking stacked the, with, with the Los Angeles Rams, with Dak Prescott to Gallup and Gurley and, and Tyler Higby bringing it back, why am I just now hearing that, Tyler, that Dak Prescott has a hairline fracture in his fucking index finger of his throwing hand? And now we have this week new word that there could be whispers of a possible rotator cuff in this same arm. He was telling people last week he couldn't get the football down the field. I just, I worry about Dak. I worry about Amari. I worry about Michael Gallup because of those reasons. I could be totally wrong. It's a great matchup. It's a must-win game. They're probably going to shoot him up with a bunch of Toradol and shit. But I just, I think I like Z. I think this is a Z game. I think Jerry Jones is going to, don't you think he's going to tell Jason Garrett, like, look, we just, we just paid Zeke. Like, let's go win this goddamn football game, man. Let's, let's win the division. Let's make the playoffs. Let's let you try and keep your job. If I'm going cheap here at wide receiver, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be interested in, in, in Greg Ward because it pivots into our next game really nicely where Seattle has almost a 29.7 point a 29.75 point implied team total uh, versus Arizona. Kyler Murray and Arizona traveling up there, a 21.25 implied team total. Um, because we have Christian Kirk in this game on the Arizona side, who's questionable. Looks like he'll be a true game time decision. Of course, on the Seattle side, you can play Russell Wilson, play DK Metcalf, play Tyler Lockett. Most importantly, Chris Carson looks like a really good play this week versus Arizona. 
Uh, like he should get the volume. He's an eight point favorite at home. One of the biggest is it the highest implied team total of the week? I think it's the highest implied team total of the week. And it's tied with Baltimore for the highest implied team total of the week. So Chris Carson should be in play. No Rashad Penny. Um, if you can get to him, try and try and try and get to him. It's a terrific matchup. But on the other side, I mean, we have almost a 22-point implied team total here for the Arizona Cardinals. What I'm doing is in my wide receiver three slot, I think this is what I'm doing in cash. I'm going to put in Greg Ward, who at 4,200 has gotten me, let's see, Greg Ward has gotten me, he's 4,200, how many targets over the course of the last two weeks, 18 targets over the last two weeks, Greg Ward, who we talked about, man, I've liked him since high school, I've even liked him when he was in the AAF, and do you know what I'm going to do? If Christian Kirk is ruled out, I'm going to utilize the late swap function on DraftKings.com, and I'm going to swap out Greg Ward, who looks like he'll probably be about 10 or 11% owned, that's playing in that same 325 window for old man, Larry Legend, Larry Fitzgerald, and I'm going to get him at under 5% ownership as the primary target for Kyler Murray in this huge total. 